Hello, everybody, and welcome to Film Actually News for the 30th of July, 2012. I am David McVeigh, and I am joined by my regular co-host, Josh Philpott. How are you? Not so regular. I don't think I was here last week, was well, I? Well, you're mostly regular. It's that <laughs> metamucil that you take. <laughs> and what a week to drop out on, huh? I know. Like, I know. How could you do that to us? <laughs> uh, to be honest, Dave, I think that that's, that's truly how people like us take a vacation. You have to pick the biggest title you can possibly think of and just not review it. I tell and you what, like, I, I, that in I itself went... is the holiday. And that other voice saying. we heard was Richard Gray. Richard, to sound in? Oh, I was just going to say, I went away on holiday during the Avengers, so I think we're even now. <laughs> mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I tell you what, and just like with the Avengers and Richard, we will give you a chance in the main film show, Josh, to give us your opinions, because I'm really curious to know what you thought of it. Of course. All right. So maybe in the What We've Been Watching section, we'll just kind of dedicate it to your opinions of uh, The Dark Knight. I know that The Little Geek, uh, which we've already recorded his segment, will be tagged at the end of the main film actually show, and he's giving his opinion. So it's still a bit of a Dark Knight week this week, even though we reviewed it last week. So go figure. Anyway, but that's not this show. This show is Film Actually News. This is where we do the uh, the entertainment news loud, fast, in under 30 minutes, all your money back. And we were already a minute in, so let's get started. What do you think? uh, What do you think, guys? We already wasted a minute. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Robert Rodriguez continues his amazing <laughs> eye for casting. Can I just tell you? So uh-huh. let, let, let's review here. Machete Kills. He's already cast uh, Charlie Sheen as the president, uh, and he's cast Mel Gibson as a Bond-style bad guy, and now we've found out that Lady Gaga has just finished shooting her part, where she's playing a hitwoman named La Chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the picture, so she's still maintaining that uh, I have uh, real class and also imaginable fashion tastes. Yeah, kind of. At least she's not wearing a meat dress. It looks like she's wearing a dog, though. <laughs> and, and, like, some form of underpanties as well. Did you notice that? As I noticed that, and, and she's wearing stocking tops. I have no trouble well, with that at all. <laughs> to be fair, she has pretty much copied... Everything with Donna and Grace Jones have done. So now she's trying bad acting as well. Absolutely, she actually even look. Uh, she even looks like Madonna. Bazinga! She even looks like Madonna from uh, from Dick Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yes, but I, I think Rodriguez is amazing. He just sits back there in Texas and basically goes, hey, you want to be in my movie? And they all come to him. They all run to him. So uh, good for him. Uh, Richard, what you got? Peter Jackson loves doing things in threes. He did his uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yep. Um, he has a superfluous nipple for the purposes of the story. <laughs> Why not? And, <laughs> and now he's deep in talks, apparently, to do a third Hobbit film. I don't get this. How can you I make a third? Understand. How can you make a three movies out of this book? The book isn't that big. I don't know how they're making two movies out of this. <laughs> Maybe it's like two movies about the film, and then the third movie is the transition between that and. The I, I don't know. That was the original. Do you think he's got that much balls? Do you think he's that got that kind of? Hook he's spot? got a third testicle as well. Oh, I so. think he, I think he's got the balls for it. There's no doubt about that. Look, I am really hoping here, and I'm hoping beyond hope that what he's actually got here is he's shot so much film that he has too much film for two films, and he's that's why he's divide, dividing it into three. What I'm really hoping it's not is that he's going. Let's milk this and make another film. Well, nah, allegedly right. they're going back and doing some more shooting, and he, they actually says someone, a source, who seems to be on every film, this person, a source. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> his, first name, his first name is unnamed. 
Unnamed, yeah. No, or, or close. Or close. Or close. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's the brother. <laughs> he said, if we're going to do it, we have to make a decision soon, strongly driven by the filmmaker's desire to tell more of the story. So I'm hoping that's where it's coming from, which is it's just like <laughs> there's all these other bits of Tolkien that we won't get another chance to tell and we've got all the actors here and we've got all the sets still up, so we may as well still do it. Oh, you, know? you can knock it off. You can still go off and do the Cimmerillion, the, yeah, book, <laughs> the book that nobody read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's do the whole Tom Bombadil bit that they didn't understand. Oh, I'm in. I'd watch a whole Tom Bombadil movie. <laughs> I just love the fact that it says that he's driven by, you know, wanting to tell motion. No, he's driven by the fact they want to give him more paychecks. Um, yes. anyway, I'm starting to get a little bit jaded on The Hobbit, even though I still really want to see it. Don't get me wrong. I'm still a geek and, I, you know, I will flock to The Hobbit. But I am yeah, starting to get geek. very, very worried about this just feeling like a cash grab. Yes. Mm. Uh, I'm starting to feel that way. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Edgar Wright. Busy man. Yeah. I mean, this is a, I mean, he's went out and shot that Ant-Man footage. Now it turns out he's working with J.J. Abrams. Because uh, so, that's just what you do. Absolutely. What J.J. Abrams basically is owning Hollywood at the moment. And my deadline article is not loading up. Why is oh, Here we go. Uh, Paramount Pictures apparently is working with him on a film called Collider. Uh, which is uh, being produced by J.J. Abrams. And uh, look, I'm curious. I'm curious to see what this sort of partnership would make. It's based on the website of the same name. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a film about a dude sitting there clicking. It's just two hours of somebody updating the website. (laughs) I reckon the guys who did Battleship could work something in. (laughs) 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 But you mean make a story with a whole lot of uh, flashiness and no substance? Is that where you were going with that? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, cool. Just making sure we were all on the same thing. I just wanted any excuse to beat that film up. (laughs) <laughs> uh, oh dear so you know look I'm, I'm all keen for it because Edgar Wright seems to make a film and then disappear for a couple of years and then make another film and then disappears for a couple of years he's busy at the moment so yes I'm he is very curious to see what comes out of his stable um, Richard what you got yes well, uh, we all liked The Hunger Games more than we thought we would, uh, but a lot of people said it was based very much on uh, a Japanese film book called um, Battle Royale, yes. uh, which I'm sure you've probably seen, Josh. Yes, yes. many a times. Now, how would you like to watch that every week? I will need a little bit more context for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently CW are, are eyeing a uh, Battle Royale um a potential series adaptation, uh, I, to, and I don't I, know how that would work. I don't care. That sounds amazing, just on <laughs> yeah. principle. Like I don't see that failing. But again, I I have said that and been let down so many times that I just really don't even know what to think anymore. I'm a little worried that it's the CW. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you were saying, "Oh my God, you're like totally shot me." What are you doing that for? <laughs> <laughs> I, if you said to me, you know, Showtime or or HBO was thinking about making, maybe FX, but CW. <laughs> hey man, look, we would have said that about AMC not long ago. So well, there is know. there is that, I guess. <laughs> Josh, this one intrigues me. What is this? Oh God! You know what? My computer's just decided to crash. There. Wait. No. Wait. 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 <laughs> wait. There we go. I found it. It was hidden at the back of my computer. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> just reminded so, yourself, did you? you? Just building up a bit of hype on it. Um. No, I was reading through Empire Online, which I do as regularly as I possibly can, um, and I stumbled on the fact that uh, not once but twice, you know how 
whenever you see news of a rumored something, you can usually let it go the first time. Whatever it is, it might not happen. It might just be, you know, nothing. But twice now, I've come across articles about a possible Shining sequel. Uh, now, let me be more clear, prequel. Uh-huh. So we're talking about The Shining. So we have all seen that. Ah, oh, masterpiece, yes. Love The Shining. And somebody wants to go and do a prequel to that. Now, I'm not necessarily against it, but I sit kind of like... I would have said no to that series entirely until I had seen the miniseries, and I actually really liked the miniseries. So it's not untouchable content for me. Well, no, and I, I mean, The Shining movie is more Kubrick than it is uh, King, so, you know... Yes, very much. But that's what I mean. Like, the concept of going back and looking at something would be great as long as he's involved. Mm-hmm. Like, and if... I I just don't see it. I just so don't see ta- it happening. Are we talking about... Well, I mean, are we talking about the same family? Are we talking about doing the Grady story? What are we talking about so here? So early, man. Uh, like, any content you read on it at this stage is really rough. People are just saying they're throwing ideas around, but they're very much looking at creating this. And I just thought... Be, I was just interested to see what you guys thought. Like, are you interested? Well, the, th- the, weird, the weird thing is that Stephen King's actually got a book coming out this year or next year called Doctor Sleep, which is a sequel to The Shining. That's what I mean. So so rather than actually following that sequel, they've decided to go off and make a prequel which has no connection to anything that's out there. So I'm confused as to why they wouldn't just cash in on the fact that Stephen King's writing... Okay. Can, can I can I throw something out there and say that if you did a prequel about Grady, the last guy who killed his whole family and those mm. two little girls and stuff, that to me is much more compelling than I'm reading here. This is a direct quote from um, this article on Empire. That, mm-hmm. that, that, this is a direct quote. Uh, King sequel Doctor Sleep meanwhile catches up with Danny Torrance in later life and involves a tribe of vampiric immortals called the True Knot who feed off the energy of children who they can shine. Uh, I think I'd rather see the pre- the prequel. <laughs> no, no, no. I totally want to see that film. It sounds like a train wreck. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, I guess if you do a prequel and the book does really well, and can we say also from a marketing point of view, if you did the prequel and launched it at about the same time that the book comes out, cash money, just saying. Yeah, um, well, there is that. But at the same time, if you went with the prequel, and like Dave was saying, I'm really interested because that was my thought too, dude. What if they do go back and look at the original family or the last family or perhaps that family finding out that they're not the first family you know it's like it could work or it could end up a dimensions extreme film and it could just be rubbish or it could could be like the thing which is kind of like it was good i like the things prequel the thing but actually but at the end of the day it was kind of like it, it took us up to the point where the first film started and really, we just had two films that were identical that sandwiched each other. And and let me tell you, I mean, the Thing prequel is completely forgettable. And mm-hmm. and I've never gone back to revisit it. I like quite liked it when I saw it at the cinema, but it's never one. I've seen it on the Blu-ray shelves, and it's like, yeah, whatever. Because it answered the questions we didn't really care about. Exactly. <laughs> and once the questions are answered, you don't particularly want to go back there. And look, I mean, this is the problem with most prequels, realistically. <laughs> There's very few prequels that actually do better than the original films, but... It's the kind of subject matter that if King was involved in writing some of it, I'd be interested to see what they could do with that. 
Maybe, yeah. maybe. Look, I'm curious. I, we'll keep our ear to the ground on this one and see if we can find out more information. I think this is worst things to hear about having prequels. Too. Yeah, like Raging Bull. <laughs> <laughs> I which, wasn't going to go there. Which, but. by the way, have you, been, have you been keeping up on that story? We haven't got it in the show notes, but I heard something the other day. Apparently, Warner Brothers has sued uh, uh, the company that is actually producing the Raging Bull prequel because they're basically saying you didn't have the rights to do any of this. And the film has been shelved. It will probably never be released. Excellent. That is just it's just so good. <laughs> it's just like what a train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just hearing good news. Thank you, Dave. I feel so much better now. Okay, so that film may never get released. We will see what happens. But speaking of Raging Bull, uh, the guy who directed that, that'd be that that little indie director, Martin Scorsese. If you're yeah, yeah, what's, he, what's he done for us lately? Well, he, apparently he's doing Apple ads now. <laughs> Uh, this this is the latest. Way to make money. Yeah, absolutely. This is the latest in the Siri ads. Have a listen to this. Siri, what's my day look like? Another busy day today. Are you serious? Yes, I'm not allowed to be frivolous. Oh, okay. Move my four o'clock today to tomorrow. Change my eleven a.m. to two. Okay, Marty. I scheduled it for today. Is that Rick? Where's Rick? Here's Rick. Oh, no, it's not Rick. Now, how's the traffic headed downtown? Here's the traffic. Oh, it's terrible. Terrible driver. Driver, cut across, cut across. We'll never make it downtown this way. I like you, Siri. You're going places. I'll try to remember that. All right, so why are we bothering with Siri ads? Well, because, A, it's Martin Scorsese doing a Siri ad, and, and I don't know what the hell's going on with all these celebrities doing Siri ads at the moment. But more importantly, it's actually a tribute to Taxi Driver. When we cut to the exterior shot of the cab, the cab number is Travis Bickle's cab. Nice, <laughs> which I thought was a really nice touch. Uh, so uh, yeah, so there's, that's what Martin Scorsese is doing with his time. You know, post Hugo, I guess he hasn't got anything better to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> Richard, tell me about Caitlin. Uh, she's only got two breasts. Is this the new? Get the fuck out! <laughs> yeah, I know. This has been the, the weird thing about this story is that it's actually that, that, that it's even a story. <laughs> I was wondering when I was reading this, I'm like, really, dude? You couldn't find anything else because you pinched two of my stories. So, you know. <laughs> no, because it's really weird. This has been trending on Yahoo since uh, July the 15th with over 6,000 searches in the past seven days. Apparently. This is really weird because people are actually coming up to this woman. This is the woman that's playing the three-breasted. Um, woman in the new Total Recall film, right? And she, people have actually been wondering. This has been this this meme started wondering whether she's had surgery to um, actually have a third breast because people thought they were so real. Are people really that yeah. stupid? Apparently, because like, she's refuting it. Not only is that a story, but that that, that 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 this has actually been picked up by so many outlets. The only reason I put it in here and I traced this back to Yahoo, which was the source, was that this story was everywhere this week. <laughs> it was just the weirdest story. I couldn't get over the fact that there were people, as you said, one, that stupid to think this was a story, and two, that this was even a story at all. All I care about is that, like Peter Jackson, good things come in threes. <laughs> <laughs> you do know what's going to happen now, don't you? Here, here's my speculation on this. Playboy is going to offer her like 500000 or to a million dollars to do a pictorial spread to prove to the world that she only has two breasts, right? Or, or do a paint up one with three breasts. Ah, there you go. <laughs> I would pay to see that. I would pay to see that too. Now, no, I would pay. I just don't like <laughs> Now, Josh, I love your headline to this. <laughs> Josh has just put it in the show notes. Wee! 
Okay. Look, headlines. My last story. Look, I, Dave. You have to realize that there are there are many things in life that I like, but one of which we have discussed on this show so many times is horrors. And what I love is being surprised. Yeah. Like just finding out shit I didn't know was coming. And it doesn't happen very often because most stuff doesn't sneak past me. But of late, I've kind of been away and on holiday and miles away from this world of things. And so I just missed that somewhere along the way, they released a second Silent Hill film trailer. No and it's kidding. coming out. I what? actually have that trailer. We're closing the show out with it today. Um, I was really impressed. Well, I love the first one. It's a guilty pleasure of mine because as far as the end of that film goes, it's batshit awful. And I mean that in that order. So it's batshit and then awful. It's like <laughs> it's a it's a macabre mess of violence and, and, and confusingness. And then it just ends very, very erratically and just sort of like peters off into nothingness. But it looks so, great. But it did. And that's all I really want a sequel to that film to do is just look awesome and have something to do with Silent Hill. Yep. And both of those things are not only in the trailer, but in trailer in force. They are. Look, have you, Richard, have you seen the new trailer? No, not yet. Okay, well, you'll need to sit down. And actually, Heathen! Heathen, you'll need to sit down and watch Silent Hill Revelations trailer. It's a really atmospheric, really visual trailer, and uh, it really impressed me. It was actually probably the, the big-name trailer out this week. That's why we're ending the show with it uh, this week, um, mm-hmm. which we will play. But it's it's really, it's fant- it looks fantastic. I don't, Look, the film will probably be crap. 3D. And 3D. And the film will probably be crap, but the trailer's great. <laughs> you know, the trailer like, is awesome. So it's a, it's a terrific trailer. I really, really do like it. So, yes, no, I'm right there with you on that one, Josh. Yeah, uh, but it was just so nice to be surprised. I just want to put that across. It doesn't happen very often. You guys get surprised when you listen to the show all the time and we tell you cool stuff. Damn straight. We don't, we don't get that very often. <laughs> we just find weird stories about people with three tits. <laughs> 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 and Lady Gaga reinventing Madonna. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on. That's uh, not news. That's true. Okay, so this actually was published in um, a website which I've never really paid much attention to, but I love the name of it. The website is called Nuke the Fridge. <laughs> so it's nukethefridge.com, and they posted an article today, uh, well, this week, basically talking about where was the Joker during The Dark Knight Rises? Yes. And there's actually well, a... he was dead. Obviously, Heath Ledger's dead. <laughs> well, Heath Ledger's dead, but the character spoilers. The character. Thank, thank you very thank, much, thank Richard. You, Richard. For that. <laughs> the character yeah. of the Joker. The question kind of came up as to you know, well, even though Heath Ledger died in the Batman continuity, where is he? You know, because hmm. uh, he did survive at the end. Now, apparently, the novelization of Batman: The Dark Knight Rises actually answers it. So in, in the novelization, it actually says, and this is a quote from the book, it actually says, now that the Dent Act, this is actually Selena Kyle's, um, well, she's in Blackgate, she's actually um, musing over this concept. So this is basically Selena Kyle musing. She says, now that Dent, the Dent Act has made it all but impossible for city's criminals to cop an insanity plea, uh, Blackgate Prison had replaced Arkham Asylum as the preferred location for imprisoning both convicted, both convicted and suspected felons. The worst of the worst were sent here, except for the Joker, who, rumor had it, was locked away as Arkham's sole remaining inmate, or perhaps he had escaped. Nobody was really sure, not even Selina. Huh. So there's, there one, there's one paragraph from the novelization which does actually address 
what happened to the Joker? <laughs> uh, the, do you think they knew that, or do you reckon that was just like, oh, shit, yeah, check this out? I reckon that's uh, author Greg Cox basically saying, you know what, I'm going to answer the goddamn question because nobody else is. <laughs> and uh, it's probably not considered canon by the, by the, uh, by the Nolans. Mm, exactly. But I think it's a very, very because, and they said to put it in this article, like she says, to put it into historical com- uh, context, uh, Hess was the last prisoner in um, uh, what's it called before? Uh, what's what's the name of that? Spandau Prison. He was the last remaining inmate uh, <laughs> until he was fi- until he finally died in 1987. Wow! So you guys are so much better than this stuff than I am. I just have no <laughs> idea about this stuff. So what were you saying, Richard? I'm going to have Spandau Ballet songs stuck in my head for the rest of the night. I'm sorry. <laughs> Gold, always believe in the soul. I should insert some Spandau Ballet right about here, but I don't have any. <laughs> no. Nobody does. That's the problem. That's the problem, isn't it? Uh, Richard. Yeah. What do you got here? This is what? Fast, fast, if you're a six, what? Oh, actually, I've decided to drop that story because I found a better one at the last minute. Oh, well, hit me um, with your better one. Uh, my better one is that apparently Rush Hour 4 is happening. Oh, <laughs> sorry, go again? <laughs> Could you just run that by me one more time? Yeah, well, I just, I'll, I'll break it down. Rush Hour yeah. right. 4 is right. happening. Now, Jackie Chang's like mad old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can we just we get clearly stated for the record? That man is old. And well... See a whole lot of like kick-ass kung fu going on. Well, according to Arthur Sarkisian, 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 according to Arthur Sarkisian, what? (laughs) That'll do. (laughs) Of the Television Critics Association, uh, sorry, at the Television Critics Association press tour, um, he said, "I'm working on Rush Hour Four right now with Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. I'm trying to do it closer to how I did Rush Hour One, more down to earth, more gritty. Introduce two new characters and make it uh, real the way the first one was." <laughs> <laughs> wow! So that really answers the question of whether or not directors actually think they're making like really, really down to earth, solid films. Now, can I ask? Can I ask the question? Works, can sorry. I ask the question that's burning at everybody right now? Yeah. Is Brett Ratner coming back? Well, he answers that. He says he personally was not happy with the, the third one. I, th- I think he's not alone there. Um, uh, but then he goes on. I haven't and says, even seen the third one. Oh, you're, you're in a good position for that. All one. right. I, I will just skip that one right over then. But in response to that, he actually says if he wants to do it, he's more than welcome to do it, but he's got to do it in the right way. <laughs> Oh, man. That's just super. <laughs> That's fantastic, Richard. Thank you for that last-minute breaking story. It's made my night. <laughs> well, actually, it's funny because I originally had a Fast and the Furious 6 story in here, and one of the quotes this guy has said, he said, one of the things that surprised me and actually excited me was how they did Fast 5. Characters, they took them and put them in a whole different world. So that's what I want to see, damn it. I want to see Rush Hour 4 done as a Fast Five film. Played completely straight. In Brazil. But over the top in Brazil. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. There you go. Can we just (laughs) add Dwayne The Rock Johnson to that just because I'm just really down with this idea? Well, all you got to say is let's add Dwayne The Rock Johnson because. Yeah. But he has to have have that beard. 
Oh, dude. No, I, I, I just figured it was part and parcel. Really, the, the beard of the power. Of love. <laughs> uh, okay, Josh, take us home with Neuromancer. Okay, now, look, I tried to do as much research on this as I can, but as the fact that I am the lame of the comic book world, um, I couldn't really piece together a super amount on the comic itself, but the concept interests me. We're kind of talking future. The concept of a neuromancer is like someone that can create, you know, mind-based things. You've got Liam Neeson being offered a role. Now, this is where I get really confused because apparently he's being offered the role of kind of the lead dude who is actually like 24 years old. Now, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that no matter how good an actor you think Liam Neeson is. Now, I say think. We know what I think about Liam Neeson. Yeah. But no matter how hard you think he can act he can't act like a 24 year old so they're obviously taking this in some very different places but um the world sounds very interesting um from what i could gather it seems kind of very transmetropolitan kind of future based um i i'm interested to see where they're going with this because this is another comic book adaption no, so no, it's um, based on novel it's, it's based, sorry novel yes. yeah novel it's, it's william gibson's classic novel it's actually a really really amazing book see this is why i was hoping you could weigh in a little bit for yeah me. it's it's all about it's it basically it's the book to kind of in a nutshell you could basically say was the granddaddy of our cyber generation you know it's, it's basically mm. it, it, it coined a lot of the phrases that we use and and it's a look it's really um it's it, it's a deep book, and it's it's. Uh, I'm curious to see what they do with it as a film. I really am. Richard, have you read Neuromancer? I did, but many many years ago. And honestly, I don't even know if I actually finished reading it. It was one of those books that I picked up and thought, yes, I have to read this because it's a classic. I and have never so bothered many of with those. It, you know, yeah. yeah. The one thing that is actually intriguing me about this pr production, I've just opened the <clears> the link that you've sent through. I didn't know Vin uh, Vincenzo Natale was attached to this. Uh, oh, who is yes. the, the splice director? Who I think is a very talented man. Yes. Now, uh, I can't believe I left that out because that was actually the reason I found the story. Mm. Ah. Um. Oh, but it's got Mark Wahlberg. Oh, lucky oh, <laughs> Now this is why I started oh, laughing. Oh God! <laughs> this is the other thing. So after all of that possible goodness, because you know, like you know, like a lump, um, Liam Neeson. He's really good in sci-fi and fantasy films just yeah, to have yeah. he's a presence just yeah exactly just have him there um and this is what i'm saying it's like mark Wahlberg though no mark Wahlberg just lost me like, on this damn can't do game we can't do game adaptions with this man i, I think <laughs> i think the concept of acting outside the normal world might be a little bit tough yeah, no, I, I, I'm uh, the jury is out, dudes. We're running out of time, so we're gonna have to wrap this up. Uh, look, we'll keep our eye on that and see what's going on. But look, Natalie's visual style is interesting. Uh, the casting is uh, leaving me a bit cold. So yeah. uh, be interesting. We are gonna finish off with the trailer for Silent Hill Revelation 3D. Richard, where can people find out more about you on the internet? They can find me at therealbits.com. That's the r double e l bits.com. We can find me on Twitter at DVD Bits. And Josh. Uh, yeah, rawdlc.com gaming website. Head over there, check it out. Also, like us on Facebook. And you can find me at geekactually.com or on Twitter at David McVeigh. And we'll, hopefully, we've got time for the whole trailer. All right, bye, guys. We'll see you next week.
be late for the first day of school. You know, I worry. Don't worry. Me and my dad, we move around. This is the fifth school I've been to since I was 11. Someone following me. Come back here, Sharon. Love you. Thanks for walking me back. Yeah. Dad! What's going on? I know that symbol. This is it. Do you know what that is? Father. The darkness is coming. It's safer to be inside. Run. It's a key. What does it unlock? The true nature of things. You were chosen to destroy the demon.